401k advisors want to build a scalable practice, but aren't always sure what to do next. Welcome to Outcomes, the podcast designed to help advisors think, make decisions, and cast a vision to create a business for the future. Here's your host, Ross Marino, financial planner, author, speaker, and CEO of Advisor2x. Welcome to the Outcomes Podcast. Today, we're joined by Randy Long, CEO and founder of SageView Advisory. Randy, welcome to the show. Great. Well, thank you for having me, Ross. I really appreciate it. Glad to have you with us. Um, I know we're still in the summer of the pandemic, so it's a little bit uh, strange, certainly for all of us out there. So I know we're in the house one day, sometimes we're in the office. So I appreciate you figuring out how to make this work today and, and being with us today. So as we dive right in, um, I want to follow up on a conversation you and I had a little while ago. And as we were talking about doing the podcast, you made the statement that over the last three years, SageView has expanded their services. And I initially wrote down a shift in focus, and then it dawned on me, it, it wasn't a shift in focus. You weren't de-emphasizing anything that SageView is known for over the years. You just started adding more services, and you wanted to take a more holistic approach, and you started to identify the ways that SageView was doing that. So before we go into what you're doing on the company level, I wanted to know, was there something that prompted this? Or what led you to the point where you said, we just have to be more holistic in how we operate at SageView? Well, I think it was really a response from a need from our clients and their participants and just kind of looking at um, being a good listener and understanding what, uh, what plan sponsors and participants needed. And we really saw that there, uh, we've done a lot with plan design and plan design has been huge in our industry to driving uh, participant uh, behavior, getting people in with uh, auto enrollment uh, auto escalation, which we're big, big believers in. And then certainly um, you know, pre-diversified portfolios, whether it be target dates or managed accounts or some um, you know, risk-based solution for participants. But it was really listening to the needs of the participants. I think the record keepers were doing a, you know, a fairly good job, but we were still hearing more that um, you know, our clients really wanted us to be involved with their their part participants. And it's interesting is I've been in the industry for 30 years and it's really evolved where the workplace is really where uh, folks get uh, financial education or, you know, learn financial literacy. Overall, I've uh, been a big believer that we should have uh, teach it in, uh, in high school or in order to get your high school diploma, you need to have some type of financial literacy uh, designation to be able to understand the basics. So I think, you know, out of that uh, really kind of came some additional services that we felt that we could augment along with the, with the record keepers. And uh, we've uh, had a lot of success uh, engaging participants with our Sage 411 service where we have uh, a number of CFPs that can answer uh, phone calls uh, from, from participants. We've also done a tremendous amount of um, education meetings. Now we've kind of gone to that virtual environment and we're having great uh, success and doing it on a whole wide variety of, of, of topics, you know, not only their specific plan, but a lot even about budgeting or you know, just basic, uh, you know, which I hate to use the term financial wellness because it means different things to different people, but you know, much more holistically looking at the participant, whether it be, you know, debt, either college or credit card debt, and just really helping uh, participants get uh, a game plan together for their retirement. 
we're certainly seeing a movement towards more holistic. As you mentioned, it's not just from the client perspective, but the record keepers, they're bringing out tools and resources. The advisory firms are starting to deliver, but we've seen a lot of these tools and resources. Yes, there's new things coming out, but we've had some of this in the past, but I kind of sense that things are becoming even more important about wellness, however we describe that right now. And I'm sure the pandemic makes people more aware of what's going on. I know there was just a Schwab survey that came out and almost half of respondents out there were saying they're now most concerned about running out of money once they retire. But it's not just the pandemic. I think there's something else going on. What do you think from your perspective is really driving this? If the need was always there and the record keepers had tools, but all of a sudden now everybody seems to engage, why do you think it seems to be much more common or popular now? Well, I think it's just an outgrowth of, of where we're at in terms of you know a country or in terms of our, our life cycle. I think more and more people are paying attention to it. Uh, I think we've gotten a better as an industry of communicating, uh, moving kind of from that DB environment to a defined contribution plan and knowing that how much a lump sum is going to take to last. I mean, like in my parents' generation, it was, they were both covered under defined benefit plans. So everyone could kind of relate to that monthly benefit, how much money they're going to get each month. But a lot of people have a hard time doing that conversion of understanding how much a lump sum uh, would create in terms of a, a monthly income. So I think you know more and more we're seeing that the government's now requiring that on the on the participant statements. So I think we're doing a, a better job in the industry of, of communicating what um, what needs are and what that uh, retirement benefit would look like on a monthly basis. As you've responded to this organizationally, you tried to add more services. And I remember when you spoke, I kind of chuckled and thought, you know, this isn't like adding another salad dressing to the salad bar. You know, it's a big deal when you say we're going beyond plan design and auto enrollment and escalation, and we're going to become more holistic, especially when it's hard for us to even identify what wellness means or what's more holistic. What should we really offer out there? It's why we call this podcast Outcomes because I don't really know what the outcome may be five or 10 years from now. I just know we're going to keep adding services. So as you look at this organizationally, what do you think some of the challenges were from your perspective to help shift the mindset of everyone within your organization? Well, I think, uh, you know, we had uh, a lot of success just doing kind of the, the, uh, investment reviews and really being a good fiduciary and really covering, um, you know, plan design compliance and then um, investments and serving the, the, the plan sponsor. But the need was growing more where uh, more and more of our clients wanted us to, you know, expand and to really help educate their participants on financial wellness. So I think it was a really a, a response to needs from our clients and everyone in the organization felt that. So we started creating scalable tools uh, with our call center that really, Sage 411, that helped uh, us be able to deliver it. And then we also worked on content, you know, a lot of great messaging, uh, and we've used a lot of great, uh, great, uh, you know, information from the record keepers, but then we've also put our own uh, look and feel and our own brand on on many of that and some things that we were hearing in the marketplace. So our um, communications marketing team has done an excellent job of creating a lot of content for our advisors. And then within the organization, it was really 
you know, having some corporate resources to be able to staff that um, uh, call center. So it was really kind of a, an outgrowth of being able to scale and then providing each of our offices some centralized services from the, from the home office. Yeah, as soon as you said that, I, my mind went to, you really have to have some people, some skill and the ability to scale. And then you instantly talked, started talking about that. And I think that's the challenge that many advisors are going to find right now in advisory firms if they're smaller, that even though you can hear what your clients are saying, in order to respond, if you're going to try to create this organically or leveraging vendors, you know, it's a lot of work. Um, I love hearing that the whole organization understood because sometimes as a leader, as a CEO, which you are, you just have to do the Wayne Gretzky and say, here's where the puck's going to be. We're going there. And then you have to employ change management and walk everybody through. Here's what's going on. Here's what it means to you. But you've mentioned a few times that organizationally people understood this. So it sounds like everybody gets on board a lot faster. And of course, you had the resources in order to do that. So what you described, a lot of it was a responsive role and also seeing where the industry's going. So you've been doing this for a few years. Let's look out maybe three to five years. How do you think this is going to shift or where is it going to go in three to five years? Well, I think a lot of that is scale and it's putting a, a comprehensive team around you. And so that's where I think that the just like the record keeping community, investment management community, the advisor community will continue to consolidate. And so I see more and more um, advisors joining larger teams, you know, the SAGEU, the CAP Trust, the NFPs that have really been able to offer their advisors some uh, tools that can help them grow their practices. Do we get to a point where maybe the smaller advisor is just so challenged we're going to see some of them fade from the market? What do you think? Um, I think that uh, we will, and we've already started to see that. So some, you know, particularly in the warehouses where uh, there's a lot of advisors that have have left and turned that over to a specialist. So I think it's you know much like the medical community, you have your general practitioners and then you have your surgeons, and and I think that uh, a lot of us are becoming more of a surgeon and uh, as opposed to the, the general practitioner. So it's hard for an advisor to do all things and be all things for all people. So um, I think what's uh, helped us grow and be successful is really putting uh, our efforts around an expertise and really delivering on that and trying to, to scale that and not trying to be all things to all people. Uh, so that's a th something that uh, a lot of us, I think, struggle with. Yeah, we definitely do. Well, let's go back for the last few years and then kind of review mentally up till today. You probably learned a lot of things along the way. So could you take one thing that maybe surprised you that maybe worked out better than you thought or something you should have done different? But what's a lesson learned over the last few years as you've been building out this more holistic approach at Sageview? Um, well, I think we've, you know, we certainly made a lot of mistakes and you learn from your, uh, you know, from your m mistakes. I think one of the, you know, the lessons is just, um, it is still a relationship business and that relationships are extremely, uh, important. Uh, we've been the beneficiary of having some great clients and building great relationships with, uh, with the C-suite, the benefits manager, the HR manager. So, you know, I just can't um, emphasize enough um, the importance of, um, you know, of, of relationships and understanding what people's needs are. So I often say sometimes I think we, we run like a, a job placement service because we send out a, a, 
an announcement if someone's left or looking for a position and um, we try to help, you know, help get them and re-engage. Yeah, it's definitely a relationship-driven business, that's for sure. I know we're fortunate to work with a couple of the SageView advisors uh, that are working with us on Excel 401k on our conference, and they're part of our committees, uh, um, AJ and Mike, and they've done a lot of work, really helpful. So I know you have some sharp people working there, and of course, you guys always continue uh, to grow. So keeping those relationships, expanding those relationships, that's certainly going to be the foundation of growing the business. Uh, But I use that word foundation intentionally because there's also a SageView Foundation that I don't know a lot about. Could you share quickly what you guys do with the SageView Foundation? Sure. So we give a portion of our profits each and every year uh, to our foundation. And our foundation's really mission is to help uh, support at-risk women and children. And so we're very um, involved in uh, not only U.S.-based companies, but also um, helping individuals in the U.S., but also uh, abroad. We have a particular focus or emphasis in Rwanda, kind of being an entrepreneur. Many of you know the story of Rwanda, the genocide that took place over 25 years ago, and how much progress that country's made by um, reconciliation and forgiveness of the of the two tribes and being able to come to work together. So being an entrepreneur, I it was my wife's kind of uh, uh, idea, but uh, we ultimately uh, created a farm so in addition to sending kids to school and helping build a school and uh, sponsoring a number of, uh, of kids to go to the, to the school, we employ about 100 people on an on a organic, sustainable farm outside of the capital city of Kigali. So I don't know. I don't know nothing about farming before, but um, it's been a humbling experience, but I've learned, uh, learned a, a lot. And, you know, the old saying goes, too much has been given, much is expected. And I think it's such a, a joy and I feel I get more blessed by it, by, you know, by being the giver than the, the receiver. So uh, if you haven't experienced that feeling, I really challenge you and encourage you to do that. I know there's a lot of great people in our industry that are giving back, you know, Jason Chapnick, Barb Delaney, a lot of really you know, great advisors that uh, have that same, that same value. But I think it, you know, kind of gets back to the culture, you know, profits for a purpose. Certainly, uh, you know, American Century with the Stowers Institute, uh, has you know been a uh, inspiration to me? Yeah, and that's fantastic. I'm I'm on the same page as you. I believe creating the jobs is really the the ultimate that we can do for these countries. Yes, you have to help kids go to school. You need health care. All of that stuff is important. You have to live. You got to eat. Uh, but what's sustainable is a job. So hearing that not only did you create jobs, but it's a sustainable organic farm. You know, that's fantastic. So I, I love hearing that. And I think we're in a position to do that as entrepreneurs because we just think along those lines of how do we create solutions to help these people. And at the end of the day, if you can create a job and self-sustaining, you didn't just change a person, you changed the family, you changed it generationally as well. I've got Jason Chapnick I talked to yesterday. So right, a great person, Barb doing wonderful work out there. They're going to be on some podcasts coming up shortly. So there is a lot of people in our industry that are doing some wonderful things. How about if you could name uh, maybe a vendor or a product or somebody outside of uh, SageView that you think is really doing good work or doing some things that are making a difference? Who Who do you think you want to bring up? Um, you know, there's several. Um, you know, certainly, you know, J.P. Morgan. Uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for. I already mentioned uh, American Century, but certainly, um, you know, Empower's doing a lot. Voice doing a lot for you know for folks that have disability or handicap. So, you know, I think our industry has done a good job. I mean, I'm always encouraged by um, Buffett and Gates. You know, when you work in a 
third world country or a developing country like Rwanda, you really see the effects of what the, the Gates Foundation and the, you know, the Buffett have done. Buffett's really into farming, and so that's near and dear to my heart. But it's amazing uh, the work uh, with in concert with the University of Nebraska has done. But I think as a, an industry, uh, there is a lot going on. And I think, uh, you know, uh, and a lot of us as advisors or advisory firms are doing things. But we're, we're kind of doing that in, in silence. And so I know there's been kind of a re-emergence of just, you know, showing, um, you know, what it is that we are giving, giving back. So I'm a big believer in giving a hand up as opposed to a handout, kind of, you know, following up on that earlier point, as you said, you know, jobs are, are great, but we made some microfinance loans through um, our foundation, through a, a group called Hope International. But when I've had the opportunity to d- visit the Dominican Republic, I'll never forget this woman grabbing my wife and I's hand and dragging us to her little shop where she was selling, you know, Coca-Cola and peanuts and things. And look what I did, you know, I'm so proud. She was just so thrilled of restoring her dignity and you know doing it herself as opposed to you know creating a dependency model uh where you know the check comes in each month but she was working for that and it really i think if we can instill that uh is a very important value i think i want to point out that when you mention those companies it's the ones that are doing some things that they have size they have scale but they're also looking more towards holistic, like with uh, Voya and what they're doing with special needs and so forth. That's a wonderful module that they have driven by the CEO who had an experience with another family and watched what these families went through. And it just sounds like the time is right where there's a convergence of bringing these types of resources and support to the marketplace. They're ready for it. If we can deliver it, it's probably going to be the best three to five years, 10 years our industry's ever had. So what do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that uh, you know the business is right. Um, I'm you know bullish on uh, on the participant and participant advice o- overall. So I think we're in a great uh, great industry, a great profession to solve some uh, problems for many many people. Randy, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Loved having you as a guest. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Outcomes. Subscribe now to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Advisor 2X. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.